Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold action daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today, we are sitting down to chat with Grant Thomas, also known as the Smooth Raccoon. Grant guides active dudes to liberated hips, hearts, and heads through the practice of rhythm and dance. He is a master of movement and play and is guiding men to find flow in their life through dance, movement, and hacky sack. And he also has a YouTube channel for beginner hacky sack tips and tricks. So Grant, we are excited to have you here today. Likewise, I, uh, I am thrilled to be join or to be joining this group of pirates right here. So thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And you have been living life recently as a nomadic land pirate. So tell us more about how, what started you on your pirate journey and what brought you where you are today. Yeah, I love that <laughs> land land pirate journey. Um, yeah, you know, uh, what started uh, the journey this year with uh, the, the nomad journey, uh, the, the traveling um, really was last year being cooped up in a situation that I thought I wanted. I thought I wanted to live alone. Um, I thought I wanted to have a lot of consistency, um, a lot of routine. And, um, I did that for a year. And obviously last year was a challenging one, uh, (laughs) with that because I feel uh, I was even more closed off from the outside environment. Um, and so, yeah, I, I followed what I thought I wanted and I experienced it and I got a lot of value out of that. Um, but the goal was to do that for a year, really get grounded and established mainly with my business. So I could have the financial means to go hit the road. Um, and right around October, um, which is where I met Kristen in person for the first time, I got a taste of hitting the road um, when I did a men's retreat up in Hood River, Oregon. And then I'll also hit a few more spots in Sun Valley, Idaho, and then McCall, Idaho. And uh, great opportunity to experience the road, have some time to myself and surround myself with uh, like-minded individuals and uh, and then just like a broad uh array of perspectives. So that was really cool. And that gave me the belief of like, okay, I'm going to make this work. And so things were going well into December of last year. And I lost three clients, uh, right before, uh, the new year where I didn't renew my lease. My plan was to hit the road. And here I was like, oh man, I just lost about 45% of my income. And, uh, I was just like, whatever, I'm going to make it work. My intention this year is to simplify, which turned into distill. 
Um, so my intention to distill, I sold a good amount of my stuff. I put the rest of the stuff in storage, hopped in my car. And um, I also changed the name of my business as well. Uh, I was very much wrapped up in the identity of my business, which was Oddball Fitness. And um, yeah, so I just let go of that name and got back to me and what my practices were. And that really was the distillation right there. So uh, in that process, putting less energy into my business uh, when I was putting in a ton, right? Um, but just scaling that back, I got three clients in January. So uh, I saw that energetic exchange right there in terms of, hey, I'm putting more time and energy into really understanding what my practices are, what my rituals are, what I'm all about. And I just started putting out content around that. And there was a shift that people must have noticed. And two of the people that had stopped working with me came back and I also landed a new client. So that was just really cool to see that that exchange right there and gave me the confidence again to just be like, well, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hop in my, my land pirate ship, my 2004 Honda CRV, and uh, I'm going to couch surf um, and I'm going to get Airbnbs when I need to do more work or want some more solitude and, um, and then camp a bit. And then uh, ultimately, up at Lance's birthday, um, I, uh, I got hooked up with the Follow Spring North crew, which uh, is this group of traveling entrepreneurs um, that uh, were following the season of Spring North. So we started in, uh, well, I wasn't in Arizona, but they started in Arizona and I met up with them in Utah after doing some travel on my own, visiting some people. And, um, and then was rolling with that crew for up until, yeah, um, end of July. And so, um, that was a, an amazing experience being surrounded by entrepreneurs, being surrounded by coaches, people that had a lot of expertise or just able to, uh, bounce ideas off of receive guidance. And, uh, we really formed a nice little pirate crew, uh, rolling through the States and, um, yeah, so that's, that's really what brings me to the spot today. Um, I'm happy to dive into any pirate behavior that has happened along that journey uh, in more detail, because there's definitely some avenues we can go down. Um, but yeah, I think that answers the question. <laughs> I mean, now I want to hear all the pirate stories. Karan, what were you going <laughs> to say? Well, I, I wanted to hear more about the, the work that you're doing with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that started me on this, uh, this journey as a coach, um, and I think this is the case for, for many coaches is, is something, some sort of distress or, or, uh, you know, something that needs to be fixed or something that's wrong. Right. Um, these are, these are words and language that are thrown around a lot and we can shift that around, of course. Um, but yeah, I was experiencing a lot of, uh, disconnection from my body and I started to apply a lot of this stuff when I worked at a desk job. And so when I did take the leap, um, from more of a corporate desk job to, uh, coaching, um, I had 
a, a lot of personal experience um, with going through a lot of the challenges that people deal with. And I would say these are, these are some challenges that come about maybe later on in the journey um, of, let's say, fitness and health, um, and more so just being able to connect the dots. So I saw a lot of this stuff that was simply just, I would say, more minimal and um, based in natural movement and, and uh, human developmental movement and didn't require a lot of equipment. So that's what I gravitated towards. And, um, and so, you know, working at a, a gym under somebody, then leaving that gym and then being my own boss, working out of another gym in San Francisco. And then ultimately with COVID taking my whole business online, um, that has been the focus is really uh, making connections throughout the body, uh, more so bridging the gap between the body and the brain and then further the body and the mind because the mind can really wreak some havoc. Uh, and with that can create beautiful things as well. So um, I saw a lot of this just weave together, let's say over the last three years going through uh, a lot of, like I said, human developmental movement, primal movement, uh, animal flow, I, you know, I did a lot of stuff with uh, typical uh, or, or traditional, is it traditional, uh, functional fitness, I guess not, right, but using a lot of different weight and, and ways to load the body. And I found a lot of benefit in that, yet uh, mainly what I saw was like, for me, I'm a generalist. I like to be ready. I like to... Uh, play around, do fun things with my body. And a lot of times that doesn't really require too much weight. Of course, I want the ability to lift weight. I want the ability to be ready to do that stuff. But uh, for, for my interests, um, I didn't see a lot of value. Uh, at least that was paying off towards my goals. So um, last year, uh, I really bridged the connection between some strength-based stuff. And I would say things that are more recovery oriented um, and also like somatic movement and, and bridging the gap between the mind and the body. And the, the first thing that really got me started on this was a program that I did online last year called active de-stress. And that was all about taking action and de-stressing the body. Um, and so neurologically uh, we want to stress our brain. We want to stress our body. Uh, of course, doing that in ways that are sustainable, progressive, and, uh, and ultimately align with our goals. And um, so, yeah, this was, this was a program that was really about developing resilience to stress using neurological stressors. And this, this is the stuff that fascinates me the most. And it's a lot of information and it's a lot of stuff going on. So that first iteration right there was very information heavy. Over the course of the next year, what I discovered was a way to incorporate these things into um, a movement practice that's more fun and I would say more action oriented. Um, rather than going through information, we're taking action and, and we're, we're 
able to apply these same neurological concepts, a holistic view of the, the body, the mind, the nervous system, and, uh, and weave it into some things that are really fun. So the work that I'm doing now, I was very hesitant to get into. Uh, I love to dance and it was really more of a flow thing for me. And it was for me. And I had five separate individuals reach out to me from, let's say, like October of last year to February, January, February of this year. And they were like, hey, I see what you're doing. And there's some really interesting blending here with rhythm and dance. And I want I want to explore that avenue with you. Right. Um, and I was like, nah, you know, it's mine. You know, I like to do that for me and it's fun. And, you know, but I, I really wasn't interested in coaching it um, until the captain, Captain Jared Davis, came knocking on my uh, on my door. And he, he basically was like, dude, you need to do this. You need to do it. And, and I'm going to nudge you by saying, hey, I'm going to take you through eight weeks of coaching. You're going to pay me $1,200. And so you can do this, right? So I did that and I took people through eight weeks of rhythmic movement for free. That was back in uh, April and May. And I was three weeks in, I was like, oh man, this is amazing. I get to weave all the stuff that I I love, right? But in an hour plus class where... I'm not projecting information onto anybody. I'm not projecting my past experience on anybody. I'm using that stuff to present an opportunity for people to move with rhythm and dance. And so what was most enlightening about that eight week experience with interviewing people about how, how things went um, was, and this could just be because that's what I was looking for, you know, Um, but the conversations I was having with men were like, there was, it wasn't, it wasn't just like, oh, movement. Oh yeah. This is great. Moving around once a week with you. Cool. It was like much deeper stuff. And I also found some accessibility, uh, for, for all age groups, uh, with what we were doing. So for instance, there was a 65 year old man who, what he said to me was what you're teaching here feels like the natural dance moves that I make, you know, just regularly, but with more awareness and intention. And I was like, that sent chills up my spine. It's doing it right now again. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, you know, um, from a movement perspective, this is beneficial for all people. And also I have some weird stories around dance. Um, I know other men do, and uh, and there's a lot of hesitation to express through those means. So that is what led me down the path of creating Dance for Dudes, um, and we just finished that uh, that up. Uh, took eight uh, eight guys through that program, uh, the first iteration here. We just finished that up uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, so I'm doing you know uh, post interviews right now seeing where, where people need support and how I can make this better. 
Um, but yeah, that was really one of the fun ways for me to recognize like, oh, we got breathing, we got posture, we got neurological patterning here. And I get to share a lot of the joint segmentation that I love and then the joint integration through the lines of the body. And that really relates to the practice of dance and the practice of rhythmic movement or free flow movement. Um, and uh, yeah, got some great results and looking to build on that further. So that's Dance for Dudes. And then I'll just briefly talk about the, the hacky sack journey. That's a whole nother thing right there. But I played hacky sack back in college, uh, back when I was a meathead. Uh, and then I was in chronic pain at age 19. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I actually went into this weird relationship with fitness for a while where I was really fed up with it. And my buddies, my hippie buddies were playing hacky sack and, and, you know, we'd, we'd go out and play and it was a blast and having a great time. And, and I just did, didn't uh, pick it up after college. Um, I had a few and I just didn't pick it up. There were a couple of times where I did, but nothing really amounted in. This year, it was just calling me again. Beginning of the year, I'm like, I'm going to suck at this. I know that. And I'm going to do it anyway because I see the value. I see the same thing where it's like, wow, I can, I can go deep into the, the neurological implications of what we're doing with hacky sack or foot bag, as the world likes to call it. Um, I can go into the, the same thing with dance, but I don't need to. You just need to pick it up and experience it and continue to succeed and, and early on fail a lot, <laughs> but yeah, it was just a great opportunity for me to uh, embrace that challenge and something that I really wanted to get good at. And I'm, I'm far from good in terms of like um, what's out there, but sticking with something for eight plus months here, picking it up almost every day. And if I'm not, I'm doing something that applies to that um, uh, some movement that applies to my goals of becoming better at that. Um, it's just been super fun. So I just, I started posting hacky sack content and then I was just had a lot of it. So I decided to create a second separate Instagram called Footbag man. And now that's just like straight up hacky sack videos. Um, and, uh, then I started to get questions. Hey, where do I start? What hacky sack should I get these sort of things? And so that's what led me to creating, uh, I think I got four videos up on YouTube right now. Um, and what's cool is if you go search around, there's a lot of people that are really good at footbag. And the videos on instruction are like, Oh, you just learn this kick. You learn this kick. You learn this kick. You will be able to see that I'm not very good. And that makes me the best possible coach, the best possible instructor for you, because I know where you're at. I maybe just be a couple steps ahead of you. I met this guy at this uh, one day festival that we went to out in, out in Chicago. And it was clear that he played soccer, but he came up to me and he was like, what is this? What is this? And, uh, and I was like, it's uh, it's footbag, man. And so like, we, I started showing him some things and then instantly he was able to stall it on his foot and then do some trick where he flipped over and stalled it on his other foot. A very common uh, juggling trick for both footbag and uh, football or soccer. So I was like, whoa, 
okay. <laughs> so I knew exactly what to tell this guy. I was like, the feel's just different. You know all the things to do here. It's just a different feel. Buy one, play around with it, you know exactly what you're doing here. So um, it's just been a great thing to uh, connect with people as a group and connect uh, with people on Instagram and then in, in person. So I've had, uh, that was the first younger dude that came up to me. Uh, actually, no, there were like probably three or four that did, but I've got three, three deadheads that have come up to me and been like, Oh dude, what? I haven't played in 20 years. And they come over here and they still got the chops. So I'm like, Oh, this is some lifelong shit. And you know, whatever happened with these guys in terms of their environment, maybe it was an injury they had, or maybe they friends or they stopped going to the dead shows. Right. Um, they were playing less hacky sack. Um, but my, uh, my vision with that is to really, um, educate and bring the foot bag back into the norm. And, uh, and I'm in the process of creating a training program specific for that. So not just drills that you can do with the hacky sack, but the, the joint mobility, the postural awareness, the breathing, um, and, and these different things that will allow you to really experience and connect with that practice. And, uh, yeah, so I just, I'm bringing the, the movement chops, the movement perspective in my journey to these things that, uh, interest me the most. And the more time and energy I put into those things, more people seem to be attracted to them. So, um, going to keep it up. <laughs> well, you, um, have inspired some to want to take on the world with hacky sack, <laughs> as Sean said in one of our past episodes, that is his goal to uh, win over the world through hacky sack. So yeah. <laughs> you've inspired that. Um, and since that's a social uh, social rebellion, that's the word I wanted. That's um, something Sean's been wanting to take on. What would you say your social rebellion is that you have? Hmm. My social rebellion. Um, I would say <laughs> just based on what I said, it's okay to suck at these things. It's okay to, you know, be in process, be in progress with whatever you're doing. And there's one of the biggest challenges that I've had as a movement coach. And then also, over the years and just my experiences like right versus wrong bad versus good and really it's just what it is so if i show up sorry when i show up with the passion and the fire and the understanding of this stuff because i've done the work regardless of where that work gets me in terms of how good i am at something right <laughs> Um, I, I'm still going in guns a blazing. I'm still, Hey, I'm connecting with this. I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if, uh, I never get to that, that level of what you see on Instagram with, uh, people dancing or, or with, uh, with hacky sack or with juggling a soccer ball or, or whatever. I don't care. It's about, um, really showing up for these things with, uh, with intention. And, and the other key here is, is a big one that I've been working on here is like, okay, so 
there's a lot of talk around awareness, uh, which is amazing, right? And, and I know that you two, talking with you two, you know that we got to take that awareness to the next step, which is attention. So what in my awareness, my conscious and subconscious awareness, what am I applying that attention to? Which is more thought and belief stuff, right? That's the attention. And the last stage, which for so many years, whether I was conscious of this healing work or not, for so many years, I would, I would have the awareness, I'd have the attention, and I was missing the action. And so my rebellion is taking action. My rebellion is creation in a world that's full of consumption. And <laughs> uh, if I continue to show up for that, when I continue to show up for that on a day-in, day-out basis, I create. I get better. I help other people get better. And part of the action for me has really been for the first part of this year, it was getting back to the action for myself. And now I'm at the point where the action is really about sharing it. So um, creating opportunities for that awareness, attention, and action for people. Um, and, uh, you know, the three, three things I'm doing right now, really, it's, it's more thought and belief work around, um, around movement practice then getting specific into more of the dance for dudes and working through uh, really that is like a blending of let's say thought and belief work with movement as the action. And that to me is a big rebellion as well, because there's a lot of preparation for the action. And yes, that's great to take that awareness and attention and then bring it to the action. Yet that progression right there, we can also just switch around because if I, I can take that action and really stir up a lot of awareness and attention. So that's been a cool thing for me with the dance practice is like really giving men an opportunity to feel into that stuff without the, uh, oh, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? How is this helping me? It's like, how do you feel right now when you show up for this class? How do you feel at the end? Oh, we've got some data points right there. And what's the consistent thing here is we're, we're, we're moving, we're taking that action. Um, so yeah, rebellion in, in a few different ways, but shit, taking action, creating in a world that is full of consumption and, uh, and then providing something for people to consume with the intention of getting them to take action. So a lot of what you said has like triggered things in my brain going off. Um, I love your whole story. Um, and I know, um, you know, spending times in very, or spending our time in very similar circles um, one thing that you talked about with action and, you know, teaching without being like, you know, you, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be perfect before you start taking action and even start teaching. And um, I remember when 
I started teaching um, steel mace here in Vancouver and it was Ben Joy uh, who got me, you know, to take, who helped, helped me take action by starting a, a class and um, just a funny story. My, my students, we were, we were just doing uh, steel mace in the park at the time. And my students, um, I think they appreciated the fact that I would hit myself in the head so often with my mace <laughs> that they suggested I wear a helmet for my <laughs> safety. Um, but I think it just made the whole thing more, um, more accessible and relatable to their learning journey. So when they hit themselves, not necessarily in the head, because apparently I'm seem to be the only one in our group that was um, <laughs> gifted enough to do that multiple times. Um, you know, it wasn't such a big deal. They didn't see it as a failure or like, it was just part of the process of learning. And, um, and yeah, so I love that what you're saying is like, yeah, I, I was definitely, I was not the best. I'm not, you know, steel mace gypsy over here looking gorgeous and flowing, uh, you know, effort, effortless, effortlessly with the steel mace. Yeah, I was still able to provide um, learning and flow um, to my students. And eventually that, you know, turned into uh, teaching at a facility and grew from there. Um, and the other thing that um, you mentioned that really struck me is that both with dance and with hacky sack, um, you mentioned a lot of the benefits for with both of those things. And the one thing you didn't uh, mention outright, but you know, you're, it's fun. Like we get to play, <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Wow. Like I coach at a gym. I love coaching at the gym. I love doing weight training. Sometimes that's fun. It's not always fun. Burpees aren't fun. Like the air bike isn't fun necessarily. What? They're not. <laughs> They're not. I mean, Kristen gets selfies of me like on the floor next to the air bike. Like that wasn't fun. Um, but you know, we can also movement doesn't have to be hard and, um, you know, not fun. <laughs> um, so I love that you're really incorporating fun and, in, and in both of these things that you're teaching other people to do, because I think, and, and I'm in that old enough to be in that crowd that in the nineties, when I was in college, I played hacky sack and yes. you're saying, just like what you were saying with like the deadheads, like, when did you stop? We stopped when we stopped having fun we stopped playing when we became adults and we stopped having play and fun in our life that's when I stopped playing hacky sack. You know what I mean? So the fact that you're incorporating play and fun and all of these things that, you know, we get to continue into our, you know, adulthood, they don't have to fall by the wayside. They're not just children's things for children. Um, and it's what makes, um, it's what makes life enjoyable as well. Oh man. Thank you so much, Karan. So beautifully said. And like, I'm, I'm here, like, I'm like, yeah, it's implied. This shit's fun, right? <laughs> but like, really, we need to put words to that. Mm -hmm. That is such a massive key for for what we're doing. And and what I've noticed, you know, so there are three things, like three areas that I'm focused on with my training. And if it does not apply to these three areas, and screw it. At least that's what I'm doing right now. And because I've narrowed it down to these three things that are fun for me, or that I really view valuable, dance, hacky sack, and locomotion, 
the, it gives what I do in my training so much more context, or I have the ability to use that context to then decide what I'm going to do with my training and the stuff that's not as fun or the stuff that is like really challenging and, and, and takes a lot of grit. Um, it takes a lot of intention and focus. Like I, I show up for that stuff because I have context for it or it's rooted in something that is fun. And I know that I'm going to connect to the practices that are fun for me in a much more deep level when I show up for these other modalities. And that's more the, the movement component there. Uh, we can absolutely dive into more of the mindset and the belief aspect of that because I've had some big shifts with that and I honestly just the last couple of weeks um but that is another thing right there where it ties the language work the belief work that ties in to what I'm doing with my, my movement practice uh and and also it keeps me uh grateful for the fun it keeps me aware of the fun that's available there rather than making this something where it's like, I got to get better. Oh man, I got to learn this step. Oh, I'm doing this step, but it's too slow. I, it's not, it's not going to line up with the faster tempo house music. Like, you know, that you, I have these voices are in there and, and they're providing me with some good perspective, some good awareness, but am I giving them too much attention? Mm. And then if I am, I'm paying attention to those things while I'm taking the action. Boom, right there. I'm wiring a pattern that is suboptimal for me. So, I mean, it, these are the sort of things where it's like, okay, what I got, I gotta, I really, for me personally, it's like, I gotta show up for something that's much more disciplined in terms of um, uh, movement practice, right? but that gets mundane, that gets boring, that gets exhausting if I'm not filling my cup with uh, something that's really fun for me. So, um, and those things, you know, if you dig the hacky sack, great. If you, if you want to learn it, great. You got the videos, you can, you can pick one up and, and start right away and you can take it with you everywhere. And I also understand that that's not everybody's gym. Now with dance, that's enough that I would argue, hey, we all need to be dancing because that's a, that's a, trans that's a transcendent practice um, that uh, one can make their own, right? So really um, the fun of that is how expansive it is and, uh, and then how liberating it is as well. And you get to do it to the music that you listen to. And if you're not listening to music or you say you don't like music, well, then guess what? I guess, I guess I found somebody where dance is not suited for you. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I just really appreciate what you said there, Karan, uh, and, and, and weaving it in here because it's mm -hmm. super valuable that we say that. <laughs> well, with the, the mindset part, like going, going to that as well, like fun, Fun is a mindset and, um, being able to get to that place where you're willing to be the white belt, wanting to have fun. Like Kron said, as adults, we get to a point where we think it's time to stop having fun and life becomes mundane. So in that mindset piece of it, like 
what you had to do and what are you doing um, with the people you're working with too, to get that inner voice to rewire itself from, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, I, I used to think I couldn't dance because I was Dutch and grew up in the Midwest. <laughs> so that was a story I, I got to rewire. Um, what, what have you been rewiring for yourself and how do you help others rewrite those stories? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think, well, one thing that's been really beneficial uh, in terms of a framework, and I'm still, you know, tinkering with this and figuring out the best way to use it, but uh, is to use the chakra system as a great form of awareness. Um, and, and through that process, we can really establish um, some great identity statements right off the bat. Right. So if we're, if we're going to go through the chakra system, we've got root chakra. I am, we've got sacral chakra. I feel we've got solar plexus chakra. I do. We've got heart. I love we've got, um, throat. I speak. We've got third eye. I see we've got crown. I know. So right there, getting them to embrace those statements right there and figure out who am I? Well, what do I like to feel? What do I like to do? Really breaking down that story of, let's say, who they are or who they want to be is a massive piece of what I'm doing. Now, writing that down on paper, going through some breath work to embody this stuff. Very powerful. And uh, action oriented for sure. There's something about the visualization for me of the path or the journey and the dance steps. So I'm taking steps on the path. I'm dancing down the path. That's how I want to move through my life. That's how I want to move down my path. My journey is, is with rhythm and flow. Um, and with that, you know, there's, there's two things that we, we want to set up for ourselves there, right? Is the structure that we're putting ourselves in, right? So how do we want to program our mind here? How do we want to program our body through movement, right? Creating a solid structure there and, and making sure that we understand where our boundaries are. And then within that structure, within that container, now we can flow. And when we get really out there, let's say with dance, providing a simple structure to move in, when we start to get into more flow-based exercises, that's a great opportunity to break the structure and give people permission, give people the opportunity to create something for themselves. So really through the process, let's say with the, with the dance practice for men, I love to take more of a movement perspective early on and, and um, one, get the body moving, get the energy flowing. So that's going to make them very uncomfortable. And that's exactly what I want. So making them uncomfortable, giving them an opportunity to feel what dance is for them. And then I come in and I provide them with a structure to move, move rhythmically. 
And that structure ultimately gives them an awesome movement foundation for both dance and locomotion. So walking, running, crawling. And then they start to feel rhythm too. They have some sense of confidence. I, one of the first things I noticed, I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but it's a good story. And go on, on a little tangent here, pirate tangent. So <laughs> I, uh, I went to, it was a, uh, it, well, it's the same show that I went to in Chicago this past weekend. It's called All Day I Dream. And it's um, this group of DJs led by this one guy, Lee Burridge, who is like a longtime Burning Man DJ. And it's just, it's deep house music. This guy's like 50 plus, And he's just, he's a legend. And my friend who was really into house music, this was back, I think, in 18, 2018. He was like, hey, you should come to the show. This was in San Francisco at Golden Gate Park. And I was just like, yeah, man, let's do it. So I go and I have a great time. I become, you know, really liberated within that music. At first, it's super awkward. It's just like, oh, man, it's repetitive here. It's quicker pace. Like, oh, man, how am I going to dance for 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 six hours or whatever and sure enough you start to settle in and it's like oh i don't really need to be doing too much to feel the beat to feel the rhythm and what i saw was simply this very basic sidestep right or or something to that effect of people just stepping to the right coming back to the center stepping to the left coming back to the center right so i saw this and i was just like man everybody's got their own version of this and their own personality it really like it's the same thing. You're, there's not a lot going on there, but I can look at that person. I can look at that person. I can be like, oh, two completely different people. I can tell something about that, right? And so that structure is that that basic step structure that I take these men through is rooted in that side step or that back step or that front step or that cross step, similar to some of the things in steel mace right there. Mm -hmm. So we're getting very intentional and aware about our steps and pairing it to rhythm and then weaving in some different patterning in that to get the mind working or more so get the brain activated in these deep neurological ways that are related to the brain's main function, which is to survive, but more specifically as humans, survival is movement. So the brain's main function is to move and to move in these patterns. So as we start to expand from that basic structure, the brain starts to activate in different ways. The brain starts to think more creatively and expansively. And so I love starting with more of a structured format there with the opportunity to break it, with the opportunity to flow and throughout that process, working up the chakra system, getting certain joints liberated, getting certain areas of, of the body liberated. I've taken a lot of inspiration from Tai Chi's, uh, Tai Chi, more specifically the Dantians of Tai Chi. So a basic understanding of this uh, is like you have this ball in your belly or like that sits in your pelvis and that's the lower Dantian. And that's the one that most people know about if they have any sort of Tai Chi background. But it also comes up to the middle Dantian and the upper Dantian. And so being able to liberate these areas, the hips, the heart, and the head physically while doing some stuff about belief 
giving them an opportunity to move through this, take action in liberating those areas has been where I've seen the biggest shift. And, um, and yeah, it's just developing some confidence and trust for the body to move in these particular ways and more so to be able to trust the rhythm. So I made playlists every week as we went through this, starting off with some things that were a little bit more opening and, and uh, that we could stretch to definitely incorporate some rhythm, all that. And then uh, usually it end up getting into some, some house music or something that's more flowy and uh, experimental or organic um, and, and providing opportunities for both. Hey guys, let's learn a few steps here. Very simple, basic house steps. Great. We got this down. Cool. Let's breathe for a bit. Now let's take it into something that's more expansive uh, and flowy. And this comes from ecstatic dance. And uh, more recently, I've really um, dove into uh, Gabrielle Roth's work of the five rhythms, um, which is, I believe, what a lot of ecstatic dance is pulling from. But it's, uh, it's more of a free-flowing, um, energetic way of dancing, right? So the first one is flow, which is more uh, feminine. And then the second one is staccato, which is more masculine. The third is called chaos, which is a combination of the two. And then the fourth is lyrical, which would be, uh, I would say, more of tapping into what's going on in the song uh, and developing more musicality. So musicality is the process of like picking up on different rhythms or syncopated tempos and songs and being able to uh, flow in and out of that. And then the last one is silence or uh, sorry, stillness, um, which isn't com being completely still. There's still movement, but it's very slow and exploratory and all of that. And each of these have some, some emotions and energy behind them. One, one specifically um, that stands out to me in, in staccato, which is more the masculine is anger. And um I noticed something I was using in my vernacular was uh, trigger. Oh, that triggers me. Uh, but more specifically, when something angered me. And I recognized that I was ignoring that emotion. And that I, uh, and, and how I found that was really through the movement of that staccato rhythm. Where I'm like, oh, this is, it's kind of angry. Mm -hmm. I'm moving with anger here. I'm moving with assertiveness and, and, and um, yeah, it was like very creative, but also very intense. And, I, and then this came up in conversation with another coach about trigger versus anger. And I was just like, man, the word trigger is just watering down this emotion for me and I'm not able to experience it. So really it's the structure in the flow, right? Uh, that helps helps these men helps anybody liberate the hips the heart and the head and uh, and yeah using those movement chops using the basic understanding of uh, the physical body and the energetic body um, not complicating it going into too much detail but simply giving things that allow somebody to build a, a more holistic and complete relationship with their body and their movement movement practice because I noticed a lot of the information a lot of the details just ended up preventing me from taking action. What are some of the um, 
more uncomfortable questions that you have your clients ask themselves uh, when they're starting with this work in terms of like the mindset? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one of the things I, I asked all these men <clears throat> in the first go around here, and I'm starting the next round here uh, next week. So excited to dive in there. Um, is, you know, hey, dance for a period of time here. Um, you know, I think I wrote down like dance to a song, right? And I said, what, how do you, how do you feel? Um, or if, uh, if this came up on like a sales call or something like that, I'd be like, when, when you're dancing, right? Can you give me a breakdown of what's going on? And that got into a lot of these uncomfortable sensations and feelings, right? I actually think I might have this, this, uh, this tab opened up to, to pull off of here. Um, so yeah. Um, and I, I, what I, what I did here is, you know, rather than go into like, Hey, write a, a full paragraph and I absolutely think that's super valuable. I just said like drop in one word or a phrase of no more than three words. So um, th these are some of the things that came up, right? Those, those uncomfortable things, right? So nervous, irritated, clumsy, intimidated, overthinking, imbalanced, unstable, out of place, out of rhythm, heaviness, embarrassed, awkward. So those were some of the things that came up simply with a few minutes of dancing, right? Um, and that was uh, really more aimed at, okay, this dance experience. And then asking the question, hey, what's, what makes a good mover? What makes a good dancer? And some of the words they came up with here see rhythm grounded gliding bouncy groovy wavy focused confident organized flexible expressive energetic springy funky so and then i asked him who do you want to be you know and that really set the roadmap for our goals. You know, we established some sensations and some feelings that we wanted to live into. And we, we also got a better idea of what that awareness currently and we're putting attention towards currently, which would be probably a lot more of like, oh, I'm shy or I'm awkward or this is embarrassing or I'm hesitant or uh, I feel out of place or out of rhythm. Um, so that was really the big question that I asked them first and foremost, right there. And then, you know, the other question is like, you know, what, like the, what you said, you know, this is a, I've taken this from, yeah, the, you know, shamanic um, healing process of like looking at when you stop singing or when you stop dancing, right. When you stopped having fun. Mm -hmm. So like one of the most uncomfortable questions I ask people 
in sales calls was when's the last time you danced and like i mean some people were like a year but you could just see they saw how much of uh, uh how much they had been limiting themselves in that and then there were a couple people that didn't and i asked them hey would you want to be dancing more frequently than that they were like no and i'm like all right not really sure why you booked this call but <laughs> here we are and you know um i'm gonna leave the door open for you if and when you're ready mm-hmm. um but if if you can't feel into that feeling of uncomfortableness <laughs> and admitting taking responsibility for the fact that well i haven't given myself an opportunity to move my body rhythmically. I haven't given myself an opportunity to listen to music intently and allow that to guide me. I haven't given myself permission to try something new and look stupid. Or, you know, or suck at it, right? Then if you can't feel into that uncomfortableness, you know, right there, then I'm probably not your guy right now. But that is, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I could sense how uncomfortable it was, but there was a lack of willingness to embrace it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, that, those are two things that really stand out to me early on in the process that I take people through. Um, and then, like I said, blending that, hey, this is where we're at and we're going to see ourselves, right? Yeah, this is... I'm giving away one of my best exercises right here, but hey, share, share, share. <laughs> Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one way to weave the, let's say this, the story work or the journey work here into the dance is this exercise I call shadow dancing. So shadow dancing came out of my experience with shadow boxing. I was just in my apartment last year um and i had a mirror so that definitely helped with this um but you don't need a mirror um but i was i was just shadow boxing that's you know one of the translations of tai chi it means shadow boxing and i was just really into tai chi and playing around with spiral movements and and feeling into how that that worked but then i started to put on some music and what started to happen was it was like okay i'm now dancing in this fashion here and i'm not throwing strikes um you know i can shift that and be like oh i'm throwing love or whatever but the big key about shadow boxing is you want to be aware of your shadow you want to be like visualizing your shadow so that went into well the shadow work okay uh, do I want to be fighting my shadow? No, I'd much rather be dancing with it. Do I want to be ignoring my shadow? No, I want to fully see it. I want to embrace that uncomfortableness. I want to embrace the stuff that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm out of rhythm here. I look stupid, all that. I want to see it. So mirror's a great way of doing that, but you also could just visualize a shadow in front of you, your shadow. And how do you want to meet that shadow? with love 
or resistance. And um, yeah, so those are some of the exercises that uh, I, I take these men through in, uh, in Dance for Dudes. It sounds like you're giving a lot of permission to feel your feelings through the movement. Um, yeah, giving, giving that permission to them to really get in touch with their feelings. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a question about the smooth raccoon, Grant Thomas. Where does the smooth raccoon come from? Can you explain uh-huh. this to me? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's see. Um, after college, I was going through some some bins underneath my bed back uh, at my parents' house. And um, I found this medallion. It's like little wooden medallion of a raccoon. Um, it was on a string you know, really cheap string still on that string. I haven't found something cooler for it yet, but, um, so yeah, I have, I had this medallion, right. And it made me, and I turned it around on the back and it said Yosemite. And it made me think back to this experience that I had in Yosemite where, and I think I told this story to you, Kristen, but I haven't told it to all the people listening. So there we go. And so, um, if you've ever been, if you've ever been to Yosemite, um, oh no, my flag, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there must be a raccoon that just unhooked it. Mm -hmm. uh, Um, so yeah, I was in Yosemite and, uh, there's a, you know, Curry village is like where the campsites are and the cabins and there's like a food court. And so one evening we went to the food court and uh, we grabbed pizza. So, um, and the food court's like elevated by like 20 stairs. Mm -hmm. And so I walk down the stairs with my family, with my slice of pizza, or maybe it was like an individual pizza in a box or whatever, right? And we're walking out to where our cabin is. So there's like a big grass area and then it starts to become forest and our cabin's in there somewhere. So I'm walking and then the, the box or the plate of pizza is ripped out of my hands. And I turn around and I see my brother and he's got his pizza and I thought he did it as a joke. And I turn back around and I see this raccoon on its hind legs <laughs> with my pizza waddling into the forest. So I can't be for sure because I don't remember buying the medallion, but I imagine it's from that trip. Um, I, you know, had an experience with a raccoon and I got the raccoon medallion, right? So I started wearing this, uh, after college and, um, you know, uh, you know, later on, um, I would, I was, I was wearing it, you know, probably till I was about like 26 and, and then just would wear it from time to time. Um, but it wasn't like a daily thing, but I used to wear it every day. And, uh, you know, just identified with the raccoon as an animal and, you know, looked into what makes a raccoon a raccoon, also more of the spirit animal stuff and, and understanding the, the craftiness and, uh, 
and uh i would say at a, at a time i was really like into how the raccoon just always finds a way to survive right but really it's uh that's that's an aspect of it that i don't necessarily look at as, as much anymore right but the raccoons you know very crafty and and creative and um and so i just associated with that um fast forward to lance's birthday party up in what salmon creek washington mm -hmm. um i i didn't really have a lot for like a costume so i had a bucket hat and some purple sweatpants and my raccoon medallion. So that's what I wore. And um, yeah, you know, uh, I've been known to be a smooth mover um, by other people's accounts. And uh, I ended up uh, dancing pretty, pretty smooth and, and, and hard that night. Um, and, uh, and so Really, it was uh, our buddy Alex Morningstar. He just uh, the next morning he was like, "What's up, smooth?" And and he said he said, "Me and me and Jody came up with a, a nickname for you, the Smooth Raccoon." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh wow, that's a really good nickname. Please call me it as much as you like." So, um, yeah, you know that's. Uh, that is that is the story of of how I came to that nickname and and you know uh, with that there's been a lot of funny things uh, th that's the cool thing about like uh, the spirit animal stuff like uh, and something that actually Alex really uh, helped me realize simply by being himself but um, yeah like uh, it's a it's a fun way we can make it like a funny thing as well and and still really embody those things so like there was there's this one comment he made to me where he was like we were sitting down and and he was like i like your thumbs man and i was like oh thanks and he goes those bitches opposable and <laughs> if you don't know raccoons have opposable thumbs and to me that was like super funny and like insanely grateful at the same time right mm. where it's like oh yeah I did, I am grateful for my, <laughs> grateful for everything that I can do with this. And so I, I really got a taste of, from his perspective of like, you know, what this whole spirit animal, um, in, you know, is about. And for me, it's just another way to have fun and, and bring, uh, bring light to a situation, uh, of course, gain a lot of perspective and how you read into those particular things. But uh, yeah, just a great example of, uh, of how to have fun with, um, with something that I think um, is, is meant to be fun uh, and, and can also be turned into like something that's a little more serious or esoteric. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And one of these days I'm going to, um, I'll be able to show you my secret pizza party book about yeah. the raccoon. <laughs> it's, it's a children's book. One of my favorites that I use with my class, but a raccoon that, uh, loved pizza. And it was like, there were signs up saying, do not give pizza to this raccoon. So it had to have a secret pizza party. <laughs> I, I will, I will bring that out one of these days I when we're it. in person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
when you were telling me about that book, I'm like, wait, have I told you this story that I'm about to tell you right now? Because it was, there was too much synergy. There. It was like, wow. You actually wrote the book and didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Inspired by real life events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Grant, where can our listeners go to find out more about you? Yeah, well, um, my best place to reach me in terms of where I'm most active is on Instagram, uh, Grant S. Thomas, uh, all one word, no spaces or periods or dashes. Um, so that is my name and I'm sticking to it. And then, uh, like I said earlier, you can find more hacky sack and footbag content um, at footbagman uh, on Instagram. And, uh, and then, yeah, uh, my YouTube channel as well. Uh, Grant S. Thomas. If you search that, give me a subscribe. There's hacky sack content up there. There's a lot of other things that I, I know they're valuable, right? That's just been unfocused over the years. So my intention moving forward with that channel is to be a lot more focused in, in what lights me on fire uh, and, and, uh, and share from, from the most authentic place. So um, stay tuned for that. I'll keep that stuff coming. And then, um, yeah, you can get in touch with me in any of those ways uh, that I mentioned. Um, mainly Instagram is the best way if you're interested in hopping in a program with me or working with me one-on-one. Um, and whether that be with your movement practice, with dance, foot bag, uh, or, you know, simply just some mindset and belief stuff. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there doing amazing things with that work. And the one way one thing I would just say, if, if you are searching for that kind of work specific to your movement practice and how to make sense of this crazy uh, industry of constant, n- constantly new modalities and new things here, um, I very much can support individuals in that. And I got a website too, grantsthomas.com. Pretty dormant right now. Uh, I'm be building up some more content there and uh, and some exciting stuff in terms of like prepackaged programs to come. Um, so expect that leading into the holiday season. Um, if you're interested in any of the stuff I talked about, I'll be providing a lot of direction with uh, movement practice in that regard. And then how would you recommend our listeners start their own pirate journey? Mm. Okay. Uh, one, get a fanny pack. Important. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you don't want shit in your pockets when you're out there doing pirate stuff. No. Okay. You need it you on want, your booty. You, you need it on your booty. You need it on your hip, or you can wear it as a sash, whatever right? But you got all your stuff there. Okay. Two, get a foot bag. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there may be there one in my go. house. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll have these by the time it, it, this releases, but I just got some custom uh, foot bag man, foot bags uh, are, made. They are they corduroy? A, no, uh-huh. they are not corduroy. <laughs> that, that'll be the second iteration. Uh, right now, just, you know, proof of concept, getting, getting it together. So it's a, it's a foot bag, man. Uh, it's got, you know, my, my, my Instagram handles on there and what's fun about it is it's got a nice silhouette of a raccoon. 
um, and it's coming in some fun colors. So if you're, if you're looking for one specific there, I, that's a definite move right there. And um, yeah, I mean, I would say figure out something cool to wear on your head, you know? Mm -hmm. So like in my, uh, my, what I would call my, my, it'd be the smooth raccoon starter pack, right? That's what it would be, <laughs> it would be like a fanny pack. Um, and then a, a couple foot bags in there. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, usually a beanie uh, or a, uh, a headband, right? So if uh, that's what I recommend right there in terms of those, and in terms of taking more action steps with it, do some things that make you uncomfortable, uh, but you see the value in doing them, right? And if you suck at them or you feel you're not good at them, at least you can look back and be like, hey, this is fun or this provides value to my life and watch how the things that are going to support those things, the, watch how the, the, the practices in your life start to orient themselves to the stuff that you're doing that is challenging, uncomfortable and fun. Because here's a, here's a hot take right here. Failure is fun. I mean, one of the things that I love about footbag is the expression of emotions. And that would be the other thing. Express your emotions. I am going to be angry and scrunched up face, maybe yell and take a nice deep breath and be laughing and smiling literally within 15 seconds when I'm playing with the footbag. That's how transformational it is in terms of getting you to express your emotions. I guarantee you, if you focus on something, let's say footbag in this case, with that sort of intention, you're going to find enjoyment. You're going to find value in both the success and the failure of that. So um, yeah, good little list there. I hope that's a nice mm -hmm. little starter pack uh, for those, uh, those pirates to be um, out there. Um, last question, the most important question. Mm -hmm. Do you know any pirate jokes? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I wish I would have done some research here. Um, you know, well, you said I you think... can show us a pirate joke with your hacky sack. Yeah, so. you did. Yeah. I'm a bit curious <laughs> exactly. about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know what? maybe we'll have to post like at least this clip mm -hmm. um, so people can be like, oh, this guy is actually funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know... I, I was trying to think up some because I remember um, putting putting that down in the chat where I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything, but I could show it. Let me see. let's get the lighting right here. Let's let's figure this out. This is this is just a great way to embody a pirate while you're playing Aki Sack. And hopefully I can get it on this first try right here. So <laughs> Not quite, almost got it, right? <laughs> Folding under pressure here. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going for here, just for context, is, oh, this is, this is super embarrassing. <laughs> All right, there we go. Hey. This is the parrot oh, stall. <laughs> like it. Can you even see it? Oh, there yep. it is. Yeah. There. All right, there we go. So that's the parrot stall. Great way, you know. 
make up tricks. What do you want to be? You want to be a pirate? I mean, I think being a pirate as a parrot would be real cool. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this, I think, in Selma. It'd be a pretty good way to program your mind. You just get your your parrot, (laughs) just parrot things at you the whole time. Oh, I'm amazing. (laughs) I'm so good at hacky sack. I'm going to change the world with hacky sack, whatever it may be, right? So that's my trick right there. I like it. And mm-hmm. uh, in the words of Lego Batman, I got it on the first try. <laughs> <laughs> well done. The hacky sack parrot. Well, this has been a lot of fun, mm-hmm. Grant, um, getting to know you and all your story and, uh, and what you're doing. Um, so yeah, thank you for spending some time with us today. And uh, this has been fun. Thank you both. Really great perspective from both of you. Great questions. And, um, and thanks for pulling it out of me. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, I love what you're doing with this pirate living. So thank you. Thank you. And keep being smooth. i will rock and roll guys there are no rules this one goes to 11